0: Hey, everybody. I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for listening to this podcast. Make sure you leave a like and a review on whatever podcast platform you're getting this from. Watch my daily radio shows live stream on rumble.com slash Casey the host. And I'm moving away from Facebook onto Telegram. So please follow me on Telegram at Casey the host. And of course, my website, which is a conservative news aggregator. You can get all of the best real news every single day. Plus my daily show prep podcast videos and more the burning truth.us and if you like knives kydex holsters pepper spray and hidden cameras make sure you do your shopping at AsDefense.com. enjoy the show good afternoon thank you for tuning in news talk 95.3 michiana's news channel also covering for pat miller today and tomorrow on news talk 1190 107.5 fm wait i'm still doing it tomorrow right okay cool let's make sure (laughs) pat will be listening he's like i guess i'm taking tomorrow off uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Head out there, let them know that I sent you. Please let them know that their advertising dollars are working. An Indiana educator who revealed critical race theory was being taught in schools. This is the 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 administrator. Uh, who is in uh, Indianapolis, and he went out there and he goes, yeah, we're absolutely teaching critical race theory. Now, you should know that critical race theory is being taught uh, at, at the state level on down in Indiana. You should know that. Now, here's the thing. We've had the Attorney General Todd Rokita on several times, and he has pointed out CRT is not supposed to be taught in school, uh, but they have hidden it in SEL. They've hidden it in castle. It's all over the curriculum. This is what happens when weak Republicans constantly appoint crazy people to run the Department of Education in the state of Indiana. And we have had numerous governors in a row do just that. It has to stop. As we go forward, and you're going to be looking at who the next governor is going to be, you're going to have some serious questions to ask. One, Hey if there's a, if there's an emergency, are you going to become a totalitarian? Two, are you going to appoint a socialist, Marxist, communist or anything of the like to run the Department of Education? And three, do you have a chin? Those are I wouldn't have pictured myself to be a cosmetic guy for Governor Josh, but you know what? I'm just completely turned off by governors who don't have a chin now. I just am. I'll take a crazy person with a chin over Holcomb any day of the week. I know, I know. We're getting into Indianapolis right now, and some of you softy Republicans are out there. "What are you talking about? Holcomb's done nothing wrong." You know, when we had the, the lieutenant Governor was coming on the show, and <laughs> yeah, this is this is a while ago. I mean, and and you know, so nice, but he was coming on the show, and I was, I was saying, "Hey, just so you know, Holcomb's not very popular here." <laughs> it was it was just my my little way of, you know, don't hop on and start praising programs that Holcomb is doing because it was just gonna make the entire audience just completely nuts. Uh he's not not real popular here, and he's not popular anywhere the conservatives roam, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh what did he announce he's gonna let the emergency order go until the end of the year now, right? Yeah, again, totalitarians, man. What are you gonna do? Um I think Holcomb said that he would he would end that, right? He would end the emergency authorization if you started vaccinating 5-year-old kids. So Holcomb once again not following the science, trying to threaten the safety of your children over something that doesn't kill your children. That's the reality. Uh, it's not acceptable. Not acceptable at all. So this Indiana educator became a whistleblower. He's not the only one. He's just the the first one. There's been several that have come out since. You know that we've been Having this CRT battle here in Michigan for some time now, uh, we've got some some real awful people on school boards here. We've got some really awful people who um, are superintendents and our principals. Uh, we've got some good people too, uh, and there is this huge ideological battle for your children that are happening here. And you know, I, I've I know that I've said this before, but just from a personal perspective, I think this is important. You know, when my my daughter's friend comes over for her birthday party. And her her grandpa drops her off. She happens to be, you know, black girl, her grandpa, black guy comes in and he goes, man, in today's day and age, it is a blessing that these two found each other and could be friends. I agree with that. I don't want to see that ruined because some nincompoop teacher who's a radical has decided to teach my daughter's friend that she's oppressed by my daughter because of their skin color. That's not okay. They have a friendship. That friendship should, should not be messed with by an external force. It's not appropriate. But that's what CRT is doing. CRT is teaching kids who are like my daughter's friend that they're inherently at a disadvantage because of people like my daughter because of her skin color. That's not right. That's child abuse. It's racism. Not okay. Doesn't matter how you cut it. Doesn't matter which way you, you shake the thing. It's not acceptable, and that is now in the curriculum in the entire state of Indiana, even though it's not supposed to be in the curriculum, and Todd Rokita has mentioned this. And, and of course, we've talked with Todd Rokita about this a lot on the show. So this Indiana educator who revealed that critical race theory was being taught in Indiana's public schools alleges that he was banned from the school grounds and locked out of his online system without notice last week. Anthony Kinnett, an administrator with Indiana Public Schools, leaked a video earlier this year that showed an equity administrator teaching middle school students about systemic racism and how it affects all levels of society. The environment, oh my, there's so much racism dealing with just the environment, Dr. Patricia Payne said. Now, I've talked about Dr. Patricia Payne several times on the show already. Uh, let's see. Shortly after he posted the video, Kenneth said that he was called into a meeting by human relations. Human relations. <laughs> and, and told to work from home because he was giving other educators at the school clinical anxiety. If you get clinical anxiety because somebody leaked something that's not supposed to be taught in our schools and you have clinical anxiety because they expose that, you're probably a bad guy. That's that's really all I can say about that. If you need a safe space because you don't like what one of your coworkers posted online, you're pathetic. You're a loser. You're weak. You have too much soy and not enough meat in your diet. That's how pathetic you are. You might not have a chin and live in the Capitol. It's possible. So anyway, he posted online. This is is, uh, November 24th. I've been required to work from home the last two weeks as staff reportedly have, quote, clinical anxiety over working with me. When I came to get books from my office, phone calls were made to each team member so they'd be clear of the building. Hey, just so you know, Tony Kennett's coming in. Uh, if you don't want to be around because he's you know he's he's too much man for you then you better leave the building in hr meetings i was informed that it was irrelevant that the information i released was public and stored on public servers i have yet to release anything private this is the other thing this is this is part of the crt battle though you have a right to see your child's curriculum You can go to the Attorney General's website right now. And Todd Rokita has the Parents' Bill of Rights right there. And it crystal clear says not only the law, not only the state constitution, but the Attorney General's website says right there, as a parent, you have a right to know what your child is being taught. So Tony Kinnett took something that is public, is on the public server, isn't private, and he shared it with all of you and said, Yes, we're teaching this in your class with your kid. And for that, he's been disciplined. He's too much man to even be around for some of these people. He says, I am currently banned from going to any IPS school building or hosting any professional developments. As of one hour ago, he tweeted this out at 217 on November 24th. As of one hour ago, Indianapolis Public Schools has suspended my access to email and Google Drive. You know, this is, this is the stuff, and I know that not only are we doing Fort Wayne today and Michiana today, but I also know that WoWo's transmitter gets in Indianapolis because I have received phone calls from state legislators in Indianapolis. We're listening to this show in Indianapolis. So get word to the attorney general. I know that I will, I will reach out here shortly. He comes on the show pretty much anytime we want. That's, that's great of him to do. You make sure Todd Rokita gets word. This guy needs to be protected. Tony Kennett needs to be protected. What is happening to him is wrong. He hasn't shared anything that was private or privileged information. It was all public. But because he did it, and they don't want anybody to know that CRT is being taught in school, they're going to shut him down. It is more difficult to lock out a teacher who's having sex with a student than it is for this guy who shared a public video of what Indiana public schools are doing. I want you to think about that for just a second because we've covered those, haven't we? Josh, we've had a lot of teachers having relationships with students this year, haven't we? I'll tell you what, it takes a lot longer to get them out of the classroom and remove from buildings and banned from having contact with professionals than it did for for this guy. That's what Indiana schools prioritize. Why do you think, even though you have a legal right to see the curriculum of your child's education, that they still are trying to charge exorbitant fees for you to be able to get that curriculum? Several school districts in this area, and I'm sure around the state, have denied parents access To see the curriculum, which is against the law. You're not allowed to deny them the access. We've had school board meetings where the school board president is saying it's illegal to record the school board. No, it's not. It's protected in Indiana statute. You can't do that. So, why are they doing it? Josh, any ideas why they're doing that? Because they don't want you to know what's happening in your child's classroom. They're required to show you what's happening, you have a right to know what's happening. This information is public information. All you have to do is go to the proper government website and you can see the information. But God forbid a teacher or an administrator within Indiana Public Schools shows it to you. That person has to be disciplined and drummed out. Meanwhile, it'll take weeks upon weeks upon weeks, multiple allegations, several people who are witnesses to get a teacher who's having an inappropriate sexual relationship with a student to get out of the classroom. But this guy shares a public video on public social media that all of you could easily go to the website and get? And he's being locked out? Any of the half a dozen or so Indiana teachers that we have covered over the past several months who had inappropriate sexual relations with students, every time they went into the building, was there phone calls about all of the the teachers around him? Hey, just letting you know, the, uh, the guy who's having inappropriate uh, sexual relations with uh, students is coming in. You might want to Make way in case you don't want to be around him. Any of those phone calls, or is it just this guy? How pathetic! You remember when those Indiana teachers went through the uh, active shooter training and then they got, you know, they got shot with the with the pellets? I think it was like the little airsoft. Remember how they tried to claim that they were psychologically traumatized, they had PTSD. How pathetic can you possibly be? They still have jobs, and they're the people that are afraid of Tony Kinnett, who just shared a public video that's on the public servers of the Indiana public school system. They can't be around him. He's got too much testosterone. And more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, Wow 107.5 FM. Imagine living with yourself, demanding that somebody give you a phone call so you can be out of the room when somebody comes to work because you don't want to see them. Could you imagine, dude? Now, obviously, we're not talking about victims of domestic violence or trying to get out of the house while somebody gets their stuff out. We're not talking about that. But can you imagine being that weak and pathetic that you didn't want to be in the building because somebody you disagreed with on a single issue is coming to work that you demand to be notified when they're going to be in the building so you can disappear. You imagine being that weak, that much of a loser? Do you think most of those uh, folks are women or men teachers? I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think? think it's mostly women or mostly men? Don't want to be around. I have questions. Casey Hendrickson here Talk NewsTalk 953, Michiana's News Channel, also covering for Pat Miller on NewsTalk 1190 1075 FM. Uh this is my obligatory, sorry Pat, for ruining your show. <laughs> he's just he's so nice and like agreeable and then I come on and I'm just I just wreck every vibe that he has on his show. So <laughs> sorry. Uh, it I I just the idea of, no, no, you need to call me when he comes to work because I don't want to be around. That is just so pathetic. This is what happens. This is what happens when you have a sissified society. Uh, the attorneys have made their opening statements the first day of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Again, this is the the accomplice to Jeffrey Epstein, who did not kill himself. And uh, this is, this is going to be one of the biggest trials. I mean, the Rittenhouse trial, I think, is the biggest one in a very, very long time because it wasn't just Rittenhouse who was on trial. It was your constitutional rights on trial. Your right of self-defense was on trial there. Uh, but the Ghislaine Maxwell stuff is is going to be equally big. Do I expect any big fish to fry as a result of this? No, because too many people were a part of the Epstein circle. And they will, they will do everything they can to protect their friends. But... It'll be interesting nonetheless, so make sure you pay attention to that. More coming up, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, and filling in for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, WOWO, 107.5 FM. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, WOWO, 107.5 FM. Friendly reminder that you can uh, watch this show online at rumble.com slash Casey, the host. You can also uh, follow me on Telegram at Casey, the host. I primarily post on Telegram now since Facebook doesn't syndicate any of my posts anymore. Author Alice Sebold's movie project about her 1981 rape is imploding. After a producer's personal investigation of the incident, Seabold, best known for her novel The Lovely Bones, was working on adapting her 1999 memoir, Lucky, which centered on her rape at age 18 during her freshman year at Syracuse University. Timothy Mucciante, who was executive producing the Lucky film, which is a film adaptation of her book, left the project this summer. Seemed it was a little weird. People were wondering why he did that. So he left the project. And Mucciani began to question the story that the movie was based that the movie was based on earlier this year after he noticed discrepancies between the memoir and the script, according to the New York Times. He left the project in June and even hired a private investigator to look into the evidence against Anthony Broadwater who is a black man, she is white, who was convicted of first-degree rape and five other charges in the 1981 investigation. He spent 16 years in prison before being released in 1998. Mucciante says that he does not doubt that Siebold was assaulted, but he became convinced of Broadwater's innocence based on details such as Seabold initially identifying a different man as her attacker in a police lineup. Broadwater was exonerated on November 24th in New York State Supreme Court. As a result, Lucky lost its financing months ago, according to a source that spoke with Variety magazine, and it appears that the project will not be moving forward. Ooh. She accused the wrong guy, Josh. Didn't they used to say something about white women who accuse the wrong black man of committing crimes against said white woman? There used to be a couple of couple of phrases. I'll let you all sort that out. There used to be a couple of phrases for white women who did that, falsely accused the wrong black guy. A spokesperson for Scribner, Seabold's publisher, told The Guardian that neither Alice Seabold nor nor Scriber has any comment. Adding that Scriber has no plans to update the text of Lucky at this time. Again, Lucky is the book where she accuses this guy who has now been exonerated of the crime. But they're not going to update the text? What would happen? What would happen if this author was a guy and the perpetrator were a woman and you weren't going to update the text? Because you had accused an innocent man of assaulting you. What happened there? Lucky, which sold over one million copies. And I have no doubt that there are people in this audience right now who have read that book. Lucky, which sold over one million copies, kicked off Seabold's career as an author. She went on to write the uh, 2002 novel, The Lovely Bones. Which sold 10 million copies and was adapted into Peter Jackson's Oscar nominating film of the same name. Never heard of it. Josh, you ever heard of it? Never heard of it. So <laughs> I just I'm just sitting here. Could you imagine being a publisher and going, Yeah, you know, the book of this really famous author that we have that was being, you know, made into a movie. Has the name of an innocent man as her attacker in it. But we're not going to update the text of the book anytime soon. No comment. What? Hey. This guy's got to sue, Josh. He's got to sue. Yo. What's his name again? Oh, I got to just find find this guy's name. I want to address him specifically here. (sighs) Where did he go? I don't remember. All right. It's it's in here somewhere. This guy needs to Rittenhouse everybody. Anthony Broadwater. Okay. Anthony Broadwater. Rittenhouse everybody here. Sue the author. Sue the publisher. Especially now that the publisher says we're not going to update the text. He's all over a million copy selling book that was being adapted into a movie. He's all over it as her rapist, which he didn't do. And they're not going to update the text of the book. <laughs> Sue everybody. Uh, what is it with uh, what is it with some of these these pasty white women, lady? Lately, I, I've got another pasty white woman up in Canada, eh? And she got caught pretending to not be a pasty white woman. We'll talk about all of that coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Also, covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190. Whoa, whoa, 107.5 FM. It's always funny how these things happen. Casey starts the show by saying, don't give another red cent to the Salvation Army. Screw up. They want to call white people racist and say that white people need to apologize for systemic racism in society as their donation this year. Don't give them another dime. What happens? Local news blitz. Salvation Army is amazing. It's it's interesting how that always happens. All right. You take my music down, please. It's okay. Not a problem, man. You're Poor Josh is over here having to, like, script news stories and stuff while trying to run my board. I thought that when they gave you the job that you are going to be allowed to be my, my, my board <laughs> operator, Josh, but apparently not. So up in Canada, eh, there's this uh, lady named Carrie Barassa. Carrie Barassa is a public health expert. So you automatically know she's not trustworthy. She's a public health expert who served as scientific director of the Canadian Institutes of Health Research Institute of Indigenous Peoples Health. Can you even fit that many words on your business card? Is that possible? Well, anyway, she was suspended on November 1st, five days after the state-owned Canadian Broadcasting Corporation published a lengthy expose on her. You see, it turns out that Gary Barassa has been pretending to be a Native American her entire career, Josh. She's just another fake, baked, pasty white liberal. What is it with you white liberal women and your woke Olympic shenanigans? It's okay to be white. It's okay. You don't have to pretend to be some... Elizabeth Warren, stop with the high cheekbones. Rachel Dolezal, I think she sells lollipops now, pretended to be a black woman her entire adult life until her family finally had enough and said, she's white. Just another pasty white woman pretending to not be white. Taking jobs of minority women. They're all liberal too, Josh. Every single, not one conservative among them. Weird how that happens. Enjoy your evening. Bill O'Reilly's up next.